Hello and welcome to No Two Gays About It, the podcast that gives voice to the over 50 gay male. I'm Tom Burke. And I'm Michael Foley. And we are your odd couple of podcasters who are here to talk about eh, whatever we want to talk about that affects those gay male males over 50. Um, what are we talking about today, Michael? Today we're going to be talking about um, the Oscars and... Uh how skewed pretty much it was very skewed toward um the 50 and over crowd and the gays and we're also going to be talking about um tennessee doubling down on uh their most recent um attack on our community and we are also going to be talking about gay men over the age of 50 and have we become invisible and then we get to tom's favorite part of the show the <laughs> savage side eye Yes, where Michael and I get to throw a little shady side eye at whoever or whatever is bugging us this week. And I'm sorry, but are we joined by Kathleen Turner? Um, there's a little yes. Brenda Vaccaro over there as it's, well. What's happening what I was over there? Say. I'm more Brenda Vaccaro today. Okay. So as you know, I'm a tennis whore, and I will play with anybody, anywhere, anytime. Um and these two weeks of the year are my favorite two weeks of the year, two of my favorite weeks of the year, because the Indian Wells um, Master Series Tennis Tournament is going on out here, and it has all the top players, both male and female, on the planet playing in one place. And um, let's take yesterday, for example. I spent 13 hours and 48 minutes oh watching God. tennis that is from the first ball strike at 11 a.m to the last ball strike that was at 11 48 p.m wow um, screaming and it got very chilly last night i think that's probably part of the reason i have no voice um because once the sun dropped it got it got windy and a little frigid um but it's it's i've been doing it i figured this out last night while we were sitting there this was my 25th year going out to Indian Wells and watching tennis. Um, wow, crazy. So it is my longest relationship. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, yeah. Congratulations. It's just, it's, just, it's amazing. And um, Great. I love it. And I'm going to drag you out there one of these years if it kills me. Just like oh. just like bowling, which Tom yeah. is going to have to do soon. Hey, um, I, I grew up in a country club. I played tennis constantly. Um, so I like tennis. I'm not so sure about sitting there for 12 hours watching tennis. Um, how's those neck muscles of yours? Bam, bam. Well, you know, you learn to sit behind the court as opposed to on the side of the court because then you're not doing this. Um, you're watching it straight on, which gives you actually a better perspective of the speed of the ball and the bounce and all that stuff. Um, but for all those people out there who aren't tennis fans, I will digress and go back to Tom. What have you been up to? Nothing. You know, um, we had house guests, and while they were here, one of them tested positive for COVID. So uh, just been laying who we, low. Who we, who we both had exposure to, because, um, yeah, so Tom and I had to lock down for yeah, so a number of days. Just kept testing and laying low, and luckily it was beautiful weather, so sitting out in the sun, but yeah, not haven't really done anything unfortunately and we both dodged the bullet again so we both wound up testing negative for yeah very good so that's awesome sauce so did you happen to watch the oscars i did yeah what do you think um i actually 
liked this show more than I have other shows in the most recent years for a number of reasons. I thought there were some great speeches, yeah. a lot of emotional reactions. Um, yeah. People who were genuinely moved and um, grateful to have received the award and the acknowledgement. Um, great. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. What did you think? Uh, you know, it was a good show, I guess. Um, I, I, even though I have all the screeners, I didn't watch most of the films. I, I started most of them, but they were either too heavy or too weird or too sad. And I just wasn't into it this year. But I did want to, I don't want to go into like a huge delve into the Oscars, but I just wanted to bring up a few of the moments where the queer and over 50 Oscar moments shone for me. And did you notice I used the word queer there? I did. I'm, I'm, I'm humbled and impressed <laughs> at the same time. No need. Uh, I'm perfect. Uh, no, a few weeks ago we talked about how people, um, you know, label themselves and how the word queer bothered me that I don't use it for myself. But I am, you know, going to be using that word more and more. Um, try to get more comfortable with it. And I think just as with anything, talking about it, getting your feelings out about it, kind of opens you up to move forward through whatever you know, issue you might be having. But back to the Oscars. Um, big winner of the night, of course, was Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, crazy film. Can I ask you a quick question? Sure. Did, is that one of the ones you made it all the way through? No. Okay. I did. <laughs> did so, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Cool. So I'll let... But no, no. What, what was great about that film, I mean, it was an independent film, uh, Mostly people of color in there, and also really strong um, feminine women connections, characters. But the daughter, who was played by um, Stephanie Sue, who is a um, openly queer actress, was playing an openly gay character, and the how they handled the relationship between her mother and she, I thought was really very thoughtful, very authentic. It was really lovely. So that was like one moment. Unfortunately, Stephanie did not win, but who did win that same uh, category was Jamie Lee Curtis, who is not only a mother of a trans uh, female, but she has been such a champion of the gay community, of the LGBTQ community. Uh, so that was awesome. But not only was I happy for that reason, but she's 64 years old. Um, and that doesn't always happen. You know, right. usually the women who are winning these awards are in their 20s and 30s. And, you know, it was awesome to see some woman who was 64 winning Best Supporting Actress. And um, I also think that's one of the things that's changing in Hollywood um, is that you know, for a very long time, if you were that age between, let's say, 35 and 60, you were you became irrelevant, which, you know, as most of us know of our age, that is that's what happens in life because right. Hollywood wasn't going to invest the money in those women. You either had to be the young ingenue or somebody's mother. And now that's opening up um, and giving women, you know, who are in that age range, these amazing roles and Hollywood's actually able to you know, to, to tell these stories and make money at the same time, which is crazy that they didn't realize that, you know, previously, but I guess it takes what it takes. 
Well, it took a lot of strong women to finally stand Absolutely. up. Absolutely. One of those women being the Best Actress winner. Right. That was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, you know, not only was she the first Asian woman to win, it's only the second woman of color to win Best Actress. Um, and the fact that she's 60 years old. You know, I, Michelle Yeoh is who we're right, talking thank about. Thank you. I was just going to say, well, yeah. Um, and she said something at the end of her speech, which I'm going to just look at so I get it right. Um, she was talking to women, but I think it, it's appropriate for all of us uh, over a certain age, especially those of us in this gay community of ours. Uh, you are not past your prime, and only you can hold yourself back. And I was like, damn, girl, yeah. that was great. You know, that was awesome. And I do, I do think a lot of that comment had to do with not only being a female and being Asian, um, a member of a minority, but it also had to do with the age. Oh, totally. Oh, you it was know? totally about so the that's age. Why, yeah. That's why right. I, I really was so moved by it. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push you to go back and finish okay. it because it was hard for me to get through it too because the middle sort of meandered um, and, I, and I was struggling going, what is this exactly? Right. But the ending is fucking brilliant. And I think that's okay. the reason it did win everything because it does go back to that mother-daughter relationship. Right. And it is so beautiful at the end of the film, the two of their relationship, the two of them and the relationship and what is said about it and what is said about acceptance um, between the mother and the daughter. Great. Um, because she is an out character right. in the film too. And, you know... It's right. a culture that has a challenge with that. Um, and it was a beautiful, beautiful resolve at the end of the film. I must All right. Say. I will watch the whole film. Yeah. Um, speaking about characters, another Best Actress nominee was Kate Blanchett, who is also 53, over 50, playing a lesbian uh, orchestra conductor, which... How often do you see that? And how often do you see a lesbian character up for best actress? I mean, uh, fantastic. The winner of best male uh, actor, Brendan Fraser, who is also 54, over 50, uh, winning for The Whale. Another gay character winning best actor. Um, fantastic. It, it was a very over 50 and very queer, not to mention Lady Gaga and Rihanna and, of course, all of the fashions, you know, uh, Oscars this year. It was it was great for those. It really was. Um, yeah. But, you know, me being the political person that I am, I have to I have to acknowledge something because um, a lot of the community, as much as they support our characters being shown on film yeah. and how it is important to tell our stories, there's a little bit of a backlash and resentment in regard to the straight actor playing these roles yeah and it would be awesome i am one of those people who do believe the best actor should get the role um but i think a lot of times hollywood is a little afraid to put a gay actual out actor in a role carrying a movie that that's that big um you see it a lot in indies but not so much on the mainstream well i totally i get that but also when you look at our age, we've talked about this a number of times on this podcast, people over 50, there are less people over 50 in the arts 
who are openly gay because we couldn't be, right. you know, when we were in our 20s. The younger generation now, they get to be whoever they are, you know, whatever label, queer, whoever they are in this mix of whoever, are have a f more freedom. So I think as we go along, yes, there will be more gay characters played by gay actors, more queer characters played by queer actors, because they are living their authentic lives where more actors over 50 were not allowed to do that. Well, here's what I'm going to do, Tom. I'm going to throw down the gauntlet to those actors because we both know them. I've dated a number of them. Oh, Michael, um, you dated probably all of them. But wow. <laughs> just saying. And not that you're wrong. Exactly. <laughs> um, because, yeah, I'm not just a tennis whore. Yes. Um, let's throw down the gauntlet to them. Come out. What You, you don't have anything to prove anymore to right. anybody. So be free. Be who you are. Um, I look at Ian McKellen now. Yeah. And I, I, just, I just think his freedom... And embracing who he is, is the most beautiful thing. One of the most beautiful things in, in our business. Um, and so come on, guys, get out of the closet. You, okay, you do that, guys. Um, one more thing about the Oscars, and then we can move on. I just thought this was also a brilliant moment. The, uh, the Dannys, when they kept winning uh, for Everything Everywhere yeah. all at once. Uh, Daniel Scheinert writer director he gave a speech thanking his parents for not squashing his creative whatever as a child and that he said i'm gonna read this so hold on for a second um squashing my creativity when i was making real really disturbing horror films or really perverted comedy films or dressing in drag as a kid which is a threat to nobody and everybody cheered when he said yeah. that, which was brilliant, because really, what threat is that? I don't get it. But all right, I'm done with the Oscars. It was a great show, and I promised to watch the end of that film, uh, Everything Everywhere. And thank you to all of our queer people out there who made the Oscars a really great event for us this year. Yay. So what's up? What else? Um, well, let's, let's, go to let's go to Tennessee, reluctantly. Do I have to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. So they've decided to double down um, because, you know, they just passed the anti-drag and the rest of the legislation that attacks the um, trans community. Right. Um, and it, this is all becoming legal. So they decided to double down now and go after, and you should be very, you know, wary of this one. It's uh, gay marriage and marriage equality. Um, they The House just passed a bill, 878 that um, will directly challenge the federal marriage equality protection that we wow. have now. Um, and they are doing this on the state level because now that there is the radical right Christian Supreme Court, um, there is a very good chance that they will vote against marriage equality when it, when it winds up at the um, Supreme Court again, because this bill is there this this bill is there to give open the door to challenge the Oberfeld ruling back in 2015 that actually gave us gay marriage across right. the country right um and they need that specific case and this looks like it will be the one just like the one that went um, to the supreme court in regard to roe v wade um 
so they're they're coming they're coming after us really hard at the moment um and i just hope people out there stay engaged and realize how much we stand to lose over the next few years um especially if 2024 goes sideways and i know that seems like a, a long way off but it's not you know the next presidential election is just a little over a year and a half away um and we have some unbelievably radical right folk running already for that position so please stay engaged folks um okay and, how, how do we stay engaged what do we need to do again you have to get involved in local politics um and start voting for our community as well as other issues you know because our financial stability as a country um is hugely important and it's not always a good thing just to vote for a candidate because they support our community. You have to look at other issues, but right now there is a genuine threat. And sometimes you have to put other priorities aside to make sure that we don't lose the ground we're gonna lose. So what you wanna do is get involved in local politics, see who's running for city council, see who's who's on the school the school board, because again, they're taking books out of schools that have anything to do with our community. You know, there's nothing wrong with seeing two penguins, two male penguins raising a fledgling. It, there, there's nothing wrong with that. It just, it just strengthens what family is. Um, and it's, it is like you said about drag. It's not a threat to anybody. I think what is threatening to them is that they start to question maybe some feelings that they may have ignored their entire life or stuff that they've sat on um you know like our generation so many of our generation have been married and have families because they squelched these feelings that they were having because they believed they were wrong right um and i think that's probably the biggest threat to a lot of these folks is that it raises something it brings up something in them that they're afraid of and so they push that outward and attack folks around them who they see exhibiting that behavior that they themselves might have tendencies or leanings toward. It's just, that's been my experience in life. When somebody is afraid of something, it has nothing to do with what it is they're looking at that they're afraid of and everything to do with something inside of them. If that makes sense. Sure. So, uh, you know, I just want people to stay focused and, and get involved out there. The ACLU is everywhere. Call them, ask them what you could do in your community. Um, find a local gay and lesbian center. And if there isn't one local, find one in your closest city because they're all over. So, um, yeah. Okay. That is that. So. All right. Fantastic. So I have something I want to discuss with you, but I'm going to have to set this up for you. I was at a brunch, not this weekend because I was laying low, my COVID hiding, the weekend before that, I was at brunch, as we gays tend to do, and I was, of course, talking about our podcast, No Two Gays About It, the podcast for the over-male 50 voice, uh, giving a voice to the over-male 50. Um, and, you know, as I'm saying, like, well, we, we developed this because there really isn't anyone out there speaking for us anymore. You know, the mainstream media has kind of pushed our voice away and brought in this younger 20, even 30-year-old voice to represent the gay population. And 
everyone at the table, of course, because they're all over 50, um, were agreeing and, oh, that's such a great idea and everything. And then they started talking about how they were feeling, oh, well, you know, when you're over 50, you are totally invisible. And I, I've heard that before, um, but I don't live that way as being invisible. And so then I started doing some research. And I just wanted to bring some of these facts up that I found before we have our big discussion about this. And I hear your side. Um, this one article I read by David Toussaint uh, wrote, I rarely see my 56-year-old reflection on television unless the stories are set in the past, whether as closeted men or AIDS victims. Um, and then he wrote on to say that... Uh, People over gay males over 50 are very complex and our lives should be celebrated in their present tense and not for who we used to be, which I totally agree with. Um, another thing he wrote was, we spent our entire youth pretending to be someone else. It's time for us to stand up and just be who we are now. Um, let's act our age as well as our history, because our history is very important. We, as you know, you especially being a political activist in the 80s, our history is very important. What we went through really defines who we are. Um, this article from mm -hmm. I'm gonna from the New York Times um, was really kind of disturbing to me. Um, is it a male disturbing writer? How? Well, I'm, here's what this guy is writing. Uh, he's 59 years old. And he was at a dinner party and everyone started talking about how they feel um, that they've been pushed aside by the younger men, in, especially when they go to bars. Well, then don't go to bars. Um, they just feel that gay men are trying to relive their glory days, but the younger gays won't let them do that. And it yeah, it just was so crazy. That's, that... that's okay. First of all, yeah, you'll never relive your glory days. No, my you, God, you just no. can't put on a neon tank top and and bicycle <laughs> pants, and you just can't do that anymore. We never should have. I didn't actually. I did wear the neon tank tops though, but I never. Oh, I the bicycle totally rock. wore those bike um, shorts while I was taking aerobics. Did you? Yeah, I never yeah. did. I just was like spandex is not my friend. I used um, to go to aerobics classes every morning with Morgan um, Fairchild. Oh my god! And we well then you our, had you had to we wear spandex. Wore our matching spandex yeah, outfits. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Um, <laughs> but that just and I don't know this person, um, right. but I can speak for people who speak like him in my life. Who I basically will say because again, you know me, I tend to be more blunt than I probably should be in some moments, but. It usually is met at some point with a thank you for saying that. Um, it sounds like he's having a pity party. Because again, you're not going to relive your glory days. Stop trying to be something you're not. Maybe if you were who you were now, because I have friends who are in their late 20s and 30s. I have a lot of them. I always have. I've always had varying age range of friends. Um, and it's because I don't, I don't pretend to be their age anymore. I just am me in their presence. And it seems like that's enough for them. And um, vice versa. Because sometimes they say things and I'm like, 
honey, what the fuck is that? Um, and sort of, you know, give them a little bit of a, we've been here before. You're not experiencing this for the first time. So know that you're not reinventing the wheel here. Um, and again, it's usually met by a great conversation. Um, so, and if you're having a problem in the bar, I would suggest that you look inward. Um, well, that's that's the whole thing. And, you know, as, as I'm doing this research, um, it's not just the gay community who is feeling invisible. It's, you know, a lot of women over 50 are feeling invisible. A lot of people are feeling invisible. But my question to everyone I was at that brunch with, and then also to all these people who keep writing, but we're invisible, we're invisible, to who? I see you all. I, you know, I was at that brunch and I saw everyone at that table. They are not invisible to me. But as I'm reading and researching and asking people, because I've been doing that all week, um, who are you invisible to? And the question, the answer is always, well, to the younger generation, to the, these, well, why would they be looking at you anyway? You know, um, it all comes down to sexuality, basically. You know, no one's looking at me as a sexual being anymore. Okay, well, when you were 20, were you looking at someone, you know, 60? No, you weren't, um, unless you wanted something from them. But I just, that's my quest, that's question to everyone who kept saying that to me this week. Who are you invisible to? Because I see you. I hear you. I don't think that we should be comparing ourselves to the younger generation. It's their turn. It's their turn to have that incredibly taut skin and those amazing flat stomachs and those rippling muscles. It's their turn for that. We had our turn. And I think another thing that I've found is there is a a faction of this gay community because we have, most of us have not had children, that passage of time and that passage of the torch to the next generation doesn't always happen with our group of people. So they are always trying to still be part of that group or, you know, still dressing way too young for themselves. Or, you know, you you said it too, you can go to a bar or wherever and you see these men dressed like a 20-year-old and you're like, who are you? Why are you doing that? You know, is it to attract the younger group because it's not working? Oh, I don't, I, don't, uh, I mean, on some level that may be a part of it, but I think, you know, who they're trying to prove they're not invisible to anymore is themselves more than anything else. And I, if, I think if people would stop, and again, like you said, this isn't just gay men, it's no. our society as a whole. Um, cause straight men deal with this too, I, I assuming as they get older, because, you know, they'll have the trophy wife or the younger chick on their arm because it makes them feel right. more valid. And I think if we as older individuals embrace who we are, other people of all ages will embrace that as well. I think there's an insincerity when you go out and try to force a certain look of yourself onto other people and they see it and they realize it's not genuine. And maybe that's why they might not want to have anything to do with you because there's a, there's a lack of authenticity 
in what you're attempting to present. Be you. That's 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 the best advice that I think anybody could give any of us is just be who you are and you will find your community. You will you will find that and stop believing you're invisible because you're not. Like you said, Tom, you see them. Right. We see them. Other people see them. Um, it's just that what what are you presenting when you are outside of an, a comfortable environment that maybe should be the bigger question we ask ourselves? Well, every one of these studies, though, and they're, I have studies from 2000, like every two years, they kept doing another one of these studies. Um, and they also did a study between the, the gay and straight male. And it's the gay male. Uh, here's this one. Um, the gay male more likely over the heterosexual male uh, is to feel reports feelings of pressure to look attractive and be um, attractive to younger homosexuals. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Um, that's one of the greatest things about being my age and having a husband who's a little <clears throat> older than I am. Uh, his eyesight's gone and I still look fantastic. <laughs> See, and that's maybe that's, maybe that's the big difference between you and I. You're married. Yeah. So there's even less of something to prove because, you, you, you know, you're coupled. You have somebody who loves you. You have somebody right. who, loves, who has loved you for a very long time for exactly who you are. I think if you're single and you're older, there's a whole bunch of other layers that fall on top of that in regard to just feeling insecure or vulnerable as we're aging. Right. And we have to allow for that to be okay. Because you know what? Here's the... I know you love when I say this. Here's the hoo-ha of the situation. Um, that we are all on the same train. Nobody out there is getting younger. We may, we may be in a different car at the moment, but we're all heading the same place. And an acknowledgement of that, I think, is hugely important to who we are and how we age, is that it's a natural process. It's just like... You know, we're going to wind up taking the big dirt nap at some point, just like everybody else is. But em embrace every every age that you are. Um, these people who won't say their age or who begrudge having a birthday. You and I both lived through the 80s. We lost so many right. friends who are no longer here. And it irks me more than anything to hear people in our community begrudging the fact that they're turning 55 or 60 or 65 because so many of the people you and I came out with and grew up with aren't here anymore and maybe you should think about that the next time you bitch about your age and getting older is that you've been given a gift embrace it you can't bring this one back to Bloomingdale's well <laughs> I can <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, I get that. I'm still going to complain about things, so just be aware of that. Um, but I'm also, I, I also understand, even though I am in a couple and my husband's eyesight is worse than mine, and hopefully his feeling starts going so he can't feel all of those, you know, that I still feel the same. Um, but it, it's still a very hard thing to do to embrace the aging process to look at yourself and not see you the way that you used to be. I get that. Um, but everything I read, every person I have talked to, it goes back to 
but I'm not sexually attractive to younger gay men. Why would you want to be, you know? And ego. This is, ego. Well, okay, totally ego. But again, we had our time, you know? I got to strut all over the world <clears throat> and, you know, look amazing and, and have everyone want me. And, you know, I had that time. Right. And it's it's the younger generations. I remember being those young people and seeing men my age, you know, oogling and trying to touch me. And it was so disgusting to me. It was like, why get away from me? You know, like and now I see men my age doing the same thing. And it just <laughs> makes me cringe inside because I know what those young guys are feeling and thinking. Um, well, so. I was I was attracted to older guys when I was younger. Okay. Um, usually, guys in their thirties or forties um, when I was in my twenties, just because, just because I was. Okay. Um, you know, I worked in corporate America. I had a really great career. Um, I didn't need anything from them. I just found them to be more grounded sometimes, um, and just was attracted to them. Um, I had this <laughs> this dry queen. Um, way back when in the 80s who said something to me that has stuck with me my whole life and it's like honey there's a lid for every pot um and it's true whoever you are please embrace it because somebody out there will be the lid to your pot or the pot to your lid depending on your preferences um but again i'm going to go back to just be authentic in who you are because i don't think there's anything you know there <laughs> um this isn't a brag, but I have a lot of younger guys hitting on me when I go to a bar. Um, because like me, when I was younger, they like older guys. And the, believe it or not, there's a lot of times where there's, that's all that's, that's all that's there. There's nothing else behind it. Um, you know, I'm not going to buy them a car. <laughs> I'm not going to pay their rent. Um, cause I'm a broke ass bitch. And, um, <laughs> it's uh it's again there's a lid for every pot so you know no no disrespect to those out there who like a different age range good on you but i just want to push the guys our age to, to stop trying so hard to be something else and just be be you because well, i will i will date somebody who's in their 40s or 50s or 60s um if i like them because to me, sexuality builds out of that, that being like, not only being, because the physical attraction is gone, you know, within 30 seconds, it's, it's, it's for me, it's what's, what else is tied to that and always has been. And if I find somebody engaging or funny or just, you know, sarcastic or any of that stuff, I find that so much more attractive than a physical appearance. Um, and that's just, that's just me just well, saying. I, I... I mean, definitely the gay community has put a lot of weight on physical appearance. Um, always has, always will. But I think we just need to look great for who we are today, like you were saying. You know, I'm not trying to look like I did when I was 20. I'm not going to wear those same clothes, but I'm going to look great for me today, um, which also gives you a, that air of confidence and being who you are exactly you know that i think is so incredibly attractive to have someone just you know 
so confident and like, yeah, you know what? I'm not perfect, but I'm I'm doing good. You know, I'm holding on. I'm I look great for me. I'm dressing for my age. I'm not trying to be something else. And I'm not trying to attract a group of young guys who really aren't interested in me anyway, because that's just you're just setting yourself up for failure. But I just feel really bad for those people that keep saying that they're invisible. Um, because like I, I just kept saying to those guys at that table, but I see you, so you're not, you know? And I think where it's going to have to start is when you look in the mirror and you see you. Absolutely. And you're not invisible to yourself and you're not looking at yourself in the eyes of who you were to just embrace who you are now. And, and like you said, find those, find your lids, find your pots, yeah. find your, you know, or smoke a lot of pot and then it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you want to be, see, if you want to be seen, see yourself first. Exactly. So yeah. that's, we are brilliant, Michael. I think. Well, I would never claim that, but I will say, yes, Tom, you are brilliant. Oh, I'll claim uh, anything that anyone throws at me. I, I'm bowing down <laughs> so, at your altar. <laughs> so, yes, we are both brilliant because we want all of those gay males out there over 50 to see yourself because we see you. We appreciate you. We hear you. We want to hear your opinion. Just as why we have started this podcast so that we can bring the voice of the over 50, the over 60, the over 70 gay male back into the conversation so that we can all see each ourselves. Yeah. And we would like to see what you're doing out there. We would like you to send us not only pictures of yourself doing, being visible to the world, but tell us what you're out there doing. And how can they do that, Michael? You guys can reach us at no2gaysaboutit at gmail.com. You could also find us on Facebook at No Two Gays About It. Um, and mind you, that's the number two. So it's No, the number two, Gays About It, on every single one of our social media platforms. Um, you could also find us on TikTok at No Two Gays About It and on Instagram at No Two Gays About It. And yes, please send us your pictures of you being you and yeah. you owning you. And yeah, it's so important just to, to, to breathe that every day right. um, because then... Everybody else will see you as well. Just be you. Yep. So be visible. Um, take pictures. Send them to us. Send them to us. Um, and preferably clothed because, you know, um, that's just me. Tom likes, you know, Tom may like. The... No, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I can only speak for me. No, um, I'm good. And ironically enough, today's Savage Side Eye goes to this very topic. It's kind of crazy how we wound up here. There's a lot of people on social media blasting Lady Gaga because of her appearance when she sang her song, that she was stripped down and naked and vulnerable. And Okay, well, first of all, she still had a lot of makeup on, just saying. She just um, took off the lip, and she took off the eye. I don't know. I saw some blemishes on the skin. It looked like no. it looked like she was totally stripped down, but that's oh, beside no. the point. Because there aren't a lot of people in the business who would put themselves out there like that and be that vulnerable. Um, you know, and you have people saying, oh, this was an attention grab. Or 
who's she trying to prove something to? And it was like, nobody, because did you listen to her words? Did you hear what she said before she started singing the song? And then did you see who the song was dedicated to? The first director of the first Top Gun movie who committed suicide. And what the song is about is not giving up and reaching out and extending a hand to somebody. Or if you see somebody, extend your hand to them. And I just marvel at people being that judgmental about a moment where somebody was being authentic and genuine. Now, mind you, the, it, it was very skewed. I mean, 90% of the comments were, you know, just, she was brave. I can't believe she did this. It was a beautiful moment. Um, good for her. But again, I don't understand those folk who just feel that they have to attack for the sake of attacking. I never will. Um, so, Savage Side Eye to those folks, and a huge thank you to Lady Gaga for bearing it, because um, that subject is a subject that we'll touch on in the future, um, I hope, Tom, because I've struggled with that my whole life. Um, my mom was bipolar, um, and I definitely have some of that quality, and I've struggled with thoughts of suicide throughout my life, so um, yeah. Folks out there, reach out your hand, because there are people who care. Um, and that's what I'm going to say, and leave it at that. Okay. Well, thank you for doing that, and thank you for opening up yourself a little bit more. And yes, we will come back to that and, and talk a lot about that, because as you said, it's a very important thing. Um, and for those people, too, it's important to be visible, to have people see them and know their stories as well. So that's great. We also have another Savage Side Eye, I believe, this week. Yes, we do. And it's from one of our Patreon um, We love those subscribers. And he actually is from Palm Springs. Hello, Michael Higgins. How are you out there? Um, so <laughs> Michael found this article um, regarding tobacco use in the state of California. Okay. And the valuable legislative hours that are being wasted on it. Um, and I want to get the actual numbers correct. So I'm going to read this. So what, what this, sometimes this state really does irk me. I still will never get over the banning the straws thing, but that's just me. Um, so in 2073, and you are hearing that correctly, 2073, okay. the legislature. <laughs> Our legislative body is currently working on a law that would prohibit the sale of tobacco to anyone under the age of 67. Wow. Seriously, they're wasting legislative hours on this when there are so many other things like let's just start with the homeless problem here in California. Right. Why don't you work on that? Why are you working on a law that, you know, is going to not take effect until 2073? So who's he throwing this side eye to? The, state the entire of state of California. Okay. All and right, I have to Michael. join him in that side eye. Thank you very much, Michael. What the hell? And anyone else who would like to submit their savage side eye, um, how can they do that, Michael? Well, you can become a subscriber on Patreon. Okay. Um, how do you do are, that? There are varying degrees of participation that you could um, jump in there with. And you could go to patreon.com forward slash no two gays about it and get the information there. And 
help us keep this podcast going and because uh, we love what we do and we hope you are too and um, we'd love for you to become part of our family um, and you get early access to the podcast and some a bunch of other stuff so and if we get a number of patrons do we call them patrons or patrons patrons pa on patreon if we get enough patrons on patreon i have to go bowling yes. people i have to put on bowling shoes and i of course will get an amazing fantastic bowling outfit put together but i have to go bowling so if you want to see me bowling i don't know why but just pure have, humiliation for pure humiliation who doesn't want to humiliate me um besides my family everybody uh become a patron make me go bowling and the biggest thing you get by being a patron on patreon is you actually get to see michael and i do these podcasts every week you get to watch us and who would not want to watch us on patreon everyone else you can find us every friday wherever you get your podcast we will be there and as michael said earlier please reach out to us send us your pictures send us your thoughts we are getting the best um, emails from you guys it's really great thank you all for that uh, you're really um, putting the wind beneath our sails to keep us going here so please do that on Instagram, on TikTok, on uh, Facebook. Facebook, it's all no two, the number two gaze about it. You can send us an email at no two gaze about it at gmail.com. Reach out to us. We want to hear from you. And now, for everyone out there, all of our listeners, all of our watchers, all of those people who want me to go bowling, we are throwing it out to you to get out there and be visible wherever you can. Stop trying to be visible to anyone other than you, because that's where it starts, right? And once you can see you, then everyone else will as well. And you're so much more, for those of you that are so afraid of not being seen by the younger gays population, you know, as sexual beings, you are an amazing, awesome, unique, special person. Just know that. Don't try to be something you're not. Don't try to be something for somebody else. Just be you. And for all of us that know two gays about it, where every voice, every opinion, and every age group matters, we want you to get out there, be visible, let your voice be heard, join every conversation you can. Until then, Michael... Until then, Tom, and until then, everybody out there, thank you for the support, and thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye.